Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Politics. Okay, tonight I would like to share my views on the whole abortion debacle. The draft leak from that got sent out to Politico from presumably one of the liberal justice staffers who they're still looking into to figure out who exactly did it, um, showed a draft resolution of five justices voting for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And, of course, it's stirred quite the firestorm for the last several days and leading to liberal activists and protests and whatnot. There might be more this weekend. Um, I'd like, before I launch into all that, I'd like to give you my views on abortion. First of all, as a Christian, I believe abortion is murder. I believe, based on the Bible and science, that life begins at conception. Therefore, any taking of that is, like I said, murder. It is an egregious affront to God. God creates life. God takes life. And when we try to intervene in that process through killing someone, whether it be an infant or anyone from a young person all the way up to somebody in their late 90s, it's you're, you're challenging and asserting yourself into the sovereignty of God. You're violating that. And it is purely evil. Now, some might say, well, what about the case of rape? And what about, you know, incest? And I'd say, well, how the baby got there, it does not matter. In the end, it's still murder. Because whether somebody in marriage or adultery or in fornication or an incest impregnates a woman through whichever one of those acts or different types of acts I mentioned, it, it's still a baby. So therefore, you're killing an unborn child. And they'd say, well, I don't like the way this, how this came about, and why would you want to torture somebody with a pregnancy, after all, through the trauma they've been through in certain cases? And I would say to you, so you're going to re- replace one wrong, egregious wrong, by committing murder on an innocent baby versus you know, another wrong that was done. And there have been a number of people through the years who were conceived through the act of rape. And they've gone on to say, as terrible as it was for, harmful as it was to their mother, that what God, let me rephrase this, what was meant obviously for evil God can use for good. There's no other way to say that. I know somebody might say, well, this is, I would never want to go through that in those instances. But like, might I add to you, statistically speaking, people who want to debate on the rape issue, they're debating 0.3, maybe 0.2% of all the total abortions. So I would say then, well, then would you agree that 
7% of them, the rest of the abortions outside of incest would be, you know, a form of birth control. And in most cases with abortion, it has to do with people fornicating, people committing sex outside of marriage, which I know is a normal rite of passage. I mean, hey, everybody does it, right? I mean, you're just some kind of weird square radical if you wait till marriage before you have sex. I mean, who does that? I mean, you got to try somebody out, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Not as Christians. God said no. God said that's fornication. God says that'll send you to hell. So I'm coming at it from a Christian view, and I know this is obviously that's going to be offensive to some people, but so be it. You're not just you're not really offended with me. Ultimately, you're offended with God. I don't make the rules. And quite frankly, people don't want consequence for the sex they have. They choose to do a sacred unifying act outside of the covenant of marriage, whether it be in fornication in most cases, adultery, whatever. Um, even in some cases, a uh, criminal forcing himself on a woman that they don't want the consequence for their sin. So they're doing everything they can to try and eliminate the consequence. But, you know, the Bible says you reap what you sow. And in some cases, it's, the baby isn't punishment, but, you know, it's an unplanned pregnancy. Well, should have thought about that before you did what you did. Or you better be in a seriously committed relationship. Oh, I mean marriage. Well, people don't want to do that. They just want to go have sex willy-nilly without consequence. Well, it doesn't work like the way. Also, on abortion, I'd like to add these few scriptures. Job 10, verses 8 and 9 says, your, your hands fashioned and made me altogether, and would you destroy me? Remember now that you have made me as clay. Would you turn against me and turn me into dust again? Now, in that case, Job was lamenting about his misfortunes uh, or despairs because of what um, had happened to him. He was asking God as to what, why, it was almost like a why me kind of situation. But you notice the acknowledgement? Your hands, referring to God, fashioned me altogether. And would you destroy me? Speaking of the vulnerability we all have, like I said, God initiates life and God decides when it's time to end life. Psalm 100, verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God and he has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, it's speaking specifically to believers, but the fact of the matter is, it says, know that the Lord is God. He has made every person, whether you believe in God or not, whether you're a Christian or not. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your economic class, your ethnic background, the country you come from. It doesn't matter if you've heard the gospel or you haven't heard the gospel. None of that matters. We are all image bearers. Make no mistake about it, everyone. We are image bearers. And one of the best texts in my mind, I mean, there's a number of scriptures, they're all exceptional, but is Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. For you form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. 
I will give thanks to you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and your book were all written the days that were ordained for me. God knows the days of your life. That's my aside. When is yet there was not one of them. In other words, God's got a time clock on every one of us before we were born. That is a great summation of what the Bible thinks. You formed my inward parts, going back to inward, verse 13. You wove me in my mother's womb. Basically, the Hebrew for inward parts is your kidneys, your internal organs, and that's just one of your internal organs. Obviously, God does it all. We know there's a heartbeat after, I've heard at 21 days, but at the latest, it's at five or six weeks. Your brain is starting to form at six weeks. There are a number of medical and scientific discoveries in the advancement of which that have further echoed and proven the pro-life movement, validated the argument for why it is a baby, not just a fetus, a pile of protoplasm, a, a collection or a clump of cells. This is a person. And so by killing that, you are killing what God ordained for life. Science cannot fully explain conception. That's God's territory. So whether, you know, how it came about, it does not matter. Um, that is the point of why we do not kill. The Bible says, actually, thou shalt not murder. Well, when you're taking an unborn baby's life, it's murder. So that's my views on that. Now, as for the abortion decision leak, as I mentioned briefly early on, not very many Democrats. I heard one today. I was almost going to say no Democrat has condemned it. Uh, they are getting their activist base out there right now. They are no they're in trouble for the midterms because of their bad economic policies under the Biden administration. Inflation. Um, there's been a record, you know, gas prices, a host of other problems, you know, in foreign policy between Afghanistan, um, this whole situation in Ukraine. Um, but the real issue is economic. That's chiefly about anything else. So Democrats would love to change the subject and have abortion, you know, get everybody out because they'll stream right wing radical re Republicans as Oh, Joe Biden says those MAGA supporters are the most extreme movement in modern American history. Is that so? The most extreme? How about the Ku Klux Klan, Joe? Formed by extreme Democrats, might add. How about BLM? How about Antifa? Just to name a few. How about the Weather Underground that bombed the Pentagon and other government offices and buildings? That was... One of the chief members was Bill Ayers. Barack Obama launched his U.S. Senate campaign in the man's office. Now the guy's a university professor, I believe, at the University of Chicago. Oh, we reward that. Liberals always get rewarded for their excess, for their crimes, don't they? It seems like people are lauded. They ought to be praised. They're revolutionaries. 
how sick and twisted that is. I'm a, I'm on a little sidebar tangent on that. Just to say this too, while I'm at it, that Ted Kaczynski, I remember the, there was a bit of lamenting by some in the mainstream liberal media when he was caught. It was as if there was a little bit of sorrow about him. This, oh, intellectual who just went awry and bombed and killed a few people. Imagine it, you know, they're not, the, they're not as sympathetic though for Timothy McVeigh and others. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not sympathetic for any of them. I'm not, I'm not defending Timothy McVeigh. But my funny thing is, political ideology, according to the media, matters. Because at least it breeds understanding. I mean, look at this whole thing as well with the subway shooter. That was gone out of the news, right? And when you found out a black guy did it, um, he had black supremacy writings. I mean, he was on, you know, he was virulently anti-American. He was racist to the core. Um, because, but, it, but since he was black, no, don't want to really talk about that. All right. Time to move on. Gone. Incredible. If this had been some crazy deranged QAnon white, I'll just say white supremacist. If this had been another like Dylan Roof kind of situation, remember that in South Carolina and shot up, um, the black church members, we'd never hear the end of this. We'd have marches in the street lamenting and Oh, and Joe Biden would just completely fortify his belief. And he said this numerous times and other members of his administration that white supremacy is the most dangerous thing out there. So, you know, but when they find out somebody doesn't fit their narrative, does a crime like the guy in Wisconsin who ran over all those people. Um, oh, or what town was that? It wasn't Kenosha. I think it was somewhere else. Kenosha was, of course, where the whole Kyle Rittenhouse situation happened. But yeah, Daryl Brooks was his name, the guy who ran over all those people near a Christmas festival in a northern Wisconsin town. And hmm, gone, you know, mowed down a bunch of people. I think he killed at least five or six. And you can't find that story anywhere. And he should have been out in jail. He had just tried to run over his girlfriend the day before. But, you know, the liberals soft on crime policies. That's okay. You know, we don't punish criminals. After all, they need to be understood. After all, this is a racist criminal justice system. That's what they always tell us. You know, they deserve, you know, better treatment. They don't get sentenced equally. After all. You know, just like the guy, there's a guy in Louisville who shot up a general, uh, he was honored by Barack Obama as a gun control activist. And then he goes out and shoots, he was anti-Semitic slurs, goes into a, a Jewish Democrat members or candidate for an office in, um, I, I believe it is either a congressional office, uh, campaign or mayor office, mayor office. He wounds the guy. And I think he's out on bail right now. Big BLM activist and everything else. Hey, that's wonderful. But of interracial crimes, since I'm on this tangent, you know, we keep hearing about white supremacy. It is a fact that 87 to 89 percent of all interracial crimes are committed by blacks against whites. Not the other way around, but you never know that based on the media coverage and the, you know, the sensationalism. Isn't it ironic that's because they're all there at January 6th, Paul. You know, you don't talk about that. You don't condemn that, man. 
Yes, I do. I did an episode on it. I explained fully what happened in that whole debacle. I did condemn the violence, and I said it was wrong. And, you know, it was a time when one time conservatives did something wrong and will be crucified till the end of time because of it. They shouldn't have done it. But, you know, you can't even compare that to the BLM and Antifa riots. But I've covered that already on another episode. So, as for the abortion decision leak, well, if it's true, let me say this. I would say it's a wonderful thing that it goes back to the states. It's not the be-all and end-all. To me, they need to obliterate all abortion in this country, top to bottom. No exceptions. Because as I outlined in my view, it's all murder. But if they can severely restrict it, I'm, I'll take it. It isn't everything I want, but I'm not going to argue with that. If it gets rid of 80 to 90% of most of the mainline abortions, so be it. I mean, there is right now, I believe there's over a million abortions, this, somewhere between on the low end, 700 to 800,000 abortions, all the way up to a million and a half abortions every year in this country. It's gone down. If you want to call 800,000 deaths as going down and say, oh, that's not a big deal. We only had 800,000 babies murdered last year in America. It shows you where we're at and how grossly insensitive it is. If it's a million a year, it's like one every 18 to 20 seconds. Think about that. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, one every 18 seconds. It's unimaginable carnage. I mean, the Nazi Holocaust, what Stalin did, um, you add what Pol Pot, you add what Chairman Mao in China did, and it would take probably with the, you know, they said communism has killed 100 million people in the last century. Well, we're up to 66 million. And I believe if this law doesn't change, we're going to surpass that. And in the world, the case of the world, we've long surpassed that. I've heard estimates well north of 800 million abortions worldwide. But I believe the number is even higher than that. We've wiped out a whole generation of people. Why? Because of the selfishness, the sinfulness, the wretchedness, the evil of the people who are living for what they call convenience sake. You know, the Democratic Party, one political party in this country, supports nearly all of it. You have some pro-choice Republicans, but they are a fraction of the party. They are less than 15% of the party, last I checked. They might even be less than 10, but I'm going to say they're on the 12 to 15% range for the sake of caution. I don't agree with them. I don't like the fact that Susan Collins is a member of the Senate because she is pro-choice and Cyril is Murkowski of Alaska. They are moderate Republicans. They're weak-kneed. They're rhinos. But I got to tell you, most of the rest of them are all Democrats. The Democratic Party, by the way, Chuck Schumer has said they're going to launch a bill where they can make a federal abortion law nationwide. Federal abortion law. So you can have abortion all the way up until birth or maybe after. I mean, if you decide, well, you know, maybe it's like a return policy, right? If you don't want your baby after so many, after two to three weeks, you know, then you can, you can just kill it. You know, like a 30 day, 
trial and error. And when you have to get up in the middle of the night and things are difficult, changing diapers and can't figure out what the baby's crying. Oh, why don't we just find a way to kill it? After all, it's within the 30 days. This is the rationalization of the people in the world. And I know I'm sounding far-fetched here and people say, oh, that's so extreme, Paul. Is it? Is it? Think about it. I mean, we allow so much now. The culture has gone completely from bad to worse. And we know it would. I realize, you know, the Bible outlines that. But it, it is unimaginable, even at a common grace perspective. Um, one of our pastors told me once, he said his seminary, one of his seminary professors always said, there's no bottom to the depravity of man. And I got to tell you, abortion is one of the worst things. It truly is. It is in the top three. And that is more responsible than all deaths from heart disease, cancer, murder, you know, guns, uh, car accidents, you name it. It's not even close. Abortion kills far more people. And speaking on the ethnic front, I will say it that way, you have black women account for about, say, 7% of the population, but they account for nearly 40%, 37 to 40%, close to that, of all abortions. In some hospitals, there are more black abortions than black births in New York City, for example. It's like Candace Owen was saying. I was listening to her earlier today. She she pointed out that there's more, there's a generation of black folks that have been completely wiped out. And the fact is our population, she said, I believe has been statistically stagnant, whereas other groups have been slowly rising, such as Hispanics and even whites to some degree. But there's been just, uh, they've been stuck in neutral in terms of population growth and largely that has to do with abortion. They market abortion in black neighborhoods. The founder of Planned Parenthood was is a openly avowed racist. I mean, they want to talk about every Republican being a racist, man. Trump supporters, MAGA, they're a bunch of racist, neo-Nazis, transphobic, genderphobic, you know, a basket of deplorables, as Hillary calls us. But the real fact of the matter is it's the Democrats. It's always, I always say this, doesn't matter what issue we're talking about. I'll say it again. Whatever they accuse conservatives or Republicans in general of is what they are guilty of in most cases. It's so ironic that, I mean, you could put the mirror right back at them. You know, they say racist. They're the ones who found the Ku Klux Klan. You say, they say racist. Then they're the ones who um, opposed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment to our Constitution. They voted like zero votes for it. It was all Republicans who passed those things. If you want to talk about segregation, Jim Crow laws, poll taxes, um, the Dixiecrats in the South, um, turning fire hoses on 1960s civil rights leaders. Um, you, you can go on and on. For example, uh, George Wallace, he, you know, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Democrat. Now, of course, he'd say, well, he related repented it and later in his life, Paul. Okay. How about Robert Byrd, former Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard? Became a longtime stalwart leader in the Senate. In fact, the NAACP gave him an A. Gave this man an A and gave 
black Republican Senator Tim Scott an F on their annual rating several years ago. The NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. They are so out of touch with reality. Honestly, they I'm going to say it. They have outlived their usefulness. When they started out, they were a bona fide, uh, genuine, you know, beneficial civil rights organization. But they have turned into just uh, an absolute political, partisan, um, just racial gerrymandering foolishness in terms of their policies and their execution. I mean, you've got towns all throughout this country that are run by black mayors in major cities, and they're all failing. How about the congressional member of caucuses districts? How are they doing? They're all stagnant, but yet they keep telling people, you vote for this. We'll try and help you with more government. We'll try and do this. They've been telling, you know, it's the definition of political insanity. They vote for the same thing year after year, decade after decade. 90% of the black vote goes one way and nothing ever changes. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. But what can you say? This is what, what happens. Then I come to find out, speaking of going back to pivoting back to the abortion mess, that the activist group called Ruth sent us. Now, Ruth is Ruth, the late um, Justice Ruth Ginsburg, who is a big time feminist and pro-abortion uh, proponent. Um, there's an activist group, like I said, Ruth sent us, published the home addresses of six of the conservative-leaning Supreme Court justices. That would be Justice Thomas, Alito, Roberts, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh. All right, and I'm leaving out one here. Let's see, Roberts, Gorsuch, Alito, Kavanaugh, Thomas, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, so now if any liberal decides to extraordinary, I'm saying extreme member of Antifa, BLM, or just some rogue activist who is just, they're already threatening violence in the street. I've heard one activist on liberals of TikTok saw a video where they're saying, look, you thought the George Floyd protests were out of control. You ain't seen nothing yet if they overturn Roe v. Wade. I've come to find out in a legal matter that if one of these justices die, um, in whatever circumstance, say one of them has a heart attack or an aneurysm or a stroke or just dies in a car wreck or gets murdered, um, if it's a 5-4 decision, it goes to 4-4 and the case gets reheard and, and Biden gets to a point a liberal a justice appointee to be on that court. I mean, they've got to release this decision now. They've had to put 24-hour security on these justices now. They put a fence barricade around the Supreme Court. I got to tell you, this is going to be life-altering, but I would say life-altering in the best way or reduced way. It defaults back to the states. That's the implication of it. Liberals will still be able to get it, especially in blue states. In red states, it'll be more, much more restricted, probably not completely outlawed, but they might have to drive further. 
But you know what? So what? They have to make it hard for them to go to do this terrible, egregious, murderous act. So be it. I don't have any sympathy for them. Um, it should be outlawed altogether. But they're not, it's it's not, if they live in California, they got nothing to worry about. In fact, they'll make it to the point where probably you can have an abortion to for a kid all the way up till he's he or she is 10 years old. <laughs> I'm laughing out ludicrous it is. I'm not laughing at the idea of any abortion. I'm just telling you, but they'll do whatever it takes to keep this. This is how extraordinary it is. We'll have to see. Um, but the Supreme Court is sitting on a bomb. And I don't think they can wait to the end of June in order to get rid of this, uh, you know, release this decision. Because right now it's it's a powder keg out there. And you can feel, you can feel it coming. So, all right. This has been my take on abortion. And we have spoken also a bit about politics and so much more. Thank you for tuning in.